You are listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast, an honest and non-judgmental discussion on faith in God and the doubts we often have, why it's sometimes difficult to trust God, and how we can know with a surety that He loves us. This show centers on strengthening and rebuilding our faith after loss, tragedy, or when coming to Christianity from a non-Christian or pseudo-Christian worldview. Now, here is your host, Gene Curl. Hello, and thanks for joining me and listening here at the Recovering Faith Podcast. I am your host, Gene Curl, and today's topic is going to be about why Christianity is different than all other religions. And if this is the first episode that you've tuned into and you want to just get straight to the message, you can skip the uh, next 30 seconds or 45 seconds or so and you won't really miss anything but if you're a regular listener and you happen to care uh, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story that's somewhat unrelated to the message of the podcast I just had one of those kind of days you ever have one of those kind of days where you think man I should have just stayed in bed well today was one of those kind of days I started off this morning where I slipped in some oil. I well, okay. So I work with I work in with I work with cars, and there was a core transmission, and I had to. I was supposed to put it in a take it so we could recycle it for a core and whatnot and. Well, it hadn't the oil hadn't been drained out of it, and so when I lifted it up with the forklift, it started to leak, and so I quickly put a bucket underneath it, so draining the bucket. Well, then I managed to slip in the oil, and I bashed my knee, and so then a little bit later, after the transmission was drained, I went ahead and put the transmission in the core bin where it's supposed to be. And then I was going to clean up the little oil that had spilt, and I was going to take the oil that I got out of the transmission and put it in our recycling bin. But I again slipped in the oil, and I kicked over the bucket and spilt about half of it. So then I had a big mess to clean up. And that was... was right after I got to work this morning and pretty much my entire day went kind of like that so I've had one of those kind of days where I think man I should have just stayed in bed anyhow that really didn't have anything to do with the message but I just wanted to wanted to say that so Uh, as I said today's message is about why Christianity is different than all other religions. And it's estimated that there are 4,200 religions in the world. But most of those are some variation of the major 12 religions, which are Baha'i, Buddhism, Christianity, Confucianism, Hinduism, Islam, Jainism, Judaism, Shinto, Sikhism, Taoism, and Zoroastrianism. And practically every religion in the world 
except for the three Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, are polytheistic religions, which means that they believe in and worship more than one god. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam believe in and worship only one god, the god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But beyond that, they are vastly different religions, but Judaism and Christianity are more similar than either of them are to Islam. The biggest difference between Judaism and Christianity is Jews are still waiting for the Messiah to come, and Christians know that the Messiah already came in the form of a man named Jesus. So before we move on to what makes Christianity different from all other religions, it is extremely important to discuss what the core beliefs of Christianity are so there is no confusion, and so that religions that are fundamentally anti-Christian that masquerade as Christians will not get lumped in. There are a lot of variations in doctrines and practices among Christian denominations in areas where the Bible does not take a firm stance, such as whether or not Christians can dance, whether or not alcohol is bad, uh, the method to use for baptism, uh, the form of church government, so forth and so on. But none of those issues are salvation issues. None of those are fundamental. So, uh, In the areas where the Bible is clear in the issues of salvation, all of Christianity agrees. And if a person or group does not believe the following ten truths from the Bible, then they are absolutely not Christian. And those truths are... God is one God and three persons, uh, which is the view of the Trinity. And the, the three persons of the Trinity are equal. They're one's not the other, but they're the same God. So basically, uh, the Father is the Father is not the Son, and the Father is not the Holy Ghost, but the Father is God. And the Son is God, but the Son is not the Father and not the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is God, but the Holy Ghost is not Father and not the Son. And so uh, I have put in the, I'll put it in the show notes, but if you want to go to an exp- a clear explanation of what the Trinity is, then that is, uh, I'll put a link. But anyhow, the first one is that you believe you believe that the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost are one God. And some of the scriptures that talk about it, that are 2 Corinthians 13, 14, Matthew 28, 19, 1 Peter 1, 2, John 7, 18, and 8, 50, and uh, John 1, 1. Uh, the second truth is that God is the maker of heaven and earth. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and everything else. And some of those verses that talk about that are John 1, 1, Genesis 1, 1 through 2, John 1, 3, Hebrews 11, 3, Isaiah 45, 12. Number three is Jesus Christ is both human and he's divine. So Jesus Christ, he was 100% God and 100% man. So in the... Uh, he was. He had two natures: a completely human nature and a completely God nature, and they were without confusion, without change, without division, without separation. 
And you can read about that in John 1.1, 1, 1, John 10.30, 11, 25, 14, 6, Colossians 1.15, Matthew 1 through 8, Peter 2.22, and 2 Corinthians 5.21. The fourth truth is that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. And uh, you can read that in Luke 1, 30 through 35 and Matthew 1, 20 through 21. The fifth truth is that Jesus was crucified and he died and was buried. And Matthew 27, 35 through 61, Mark 15, 21 through 47, uh, Luke 23, 26 through 56, John 19, 16 through 42. And um, actually, I'm, from here on, I'm not going to list all the scriptures. I'm just going to list one for each point. But if you want to know more, you can go to the uh, you can go to the actual episode uh, on my blog. So uh, the sixth truth is Jesus rose again from the dead and ascended into heaven. And so after Jesus died, he ascended back to heaven and he interceded on our behalf. And that, you can read about that in Matthew 28, 1 through 10. And every person, number seven, is every person is a sinner, and Jesus offers forgiveness of sin and eternal life. And as it says in Romans 3, 23, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. And number eight is there is a heaven and hell, and every person will end up in one of the two places after death. And you can read about that at Luke 18.22, Romans 10.6, and many other places. Number nine is the Bible is the Word of God. Uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, 2 Peter 1.20-21. And number ten is we are saved by the grace of God. That is, we cannot add and we cannot take away from Christ's finished work on the cross as full payment for our sins. And you can read about that in Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. And for a lot of people who are not Christians, when they see Christianity, they see just another religion among the multitudes of other religions in the world, and they judge all religions to be equally false, just another part of the same cloth. A lot of people who are not familiar with Christianity, or at least true Christianity, don't see any difference between Christianity and all other religions. But Christianity is fundamentally different than any other religion. And the two most fundamental and most important ways in which Christianity differs from all other religions is the belief that people are saved by grace alone through faith alone, and the belief that we can have assurance that we will be saved after this life. There is also a lot of compelling scientific and archaeological evidence for Christianity. With the notable exception of Christianity, all religions in the world teach that we are responsible for our own salvation and that we have to somehow earn our state in eternity by the actions we do in this life while here on earth. A lot of Eastern religions teach that we are reincarnated, and this life determines what state we are born into in the next life. And when we finally have amassed enough good works to tip the scales, so to speak, we will reach the state of eternal happiness. What our, our eternal state is believed to be differs widely among Eastern religions, 
as does the belief on reincarnation. But the thing that unites them all is that a happy or fulfilling eternity has to be earned. There are also a number of fairly popular religions that claim to be Christian but really aren't, that deny the grace of God and teach that we must earn our place in heaven. The Bible teaches that if we could earn our salvation, then Christ died in vain. And that's in Galatians 2.21. With any religion that teaches we are saved by our works, which includes every religion in the world except for Christianity, it is not only all but impossible to do enough good to earn salvation, it is also impossible to know for sure whether or not we have done enough and those who believe in those religions go out of this world unsure of their eternal state. Even in religions that have a fairly straightforward set of rules about what supposedly gets a person into heaven if, adhered, if adhered to, if the leaders or followers are pressed, they admit that they can't be sure that they've done enough to reach the highest reward that their God has to offer them, or even to be saved at all. Even one of the prophets of the Mormon Church, uh, Spencer W. Kimball, said that his greatest fear was that when he died, God would say that he had not done enough. Christianity stands alone in having assurance that we are saved. It says in the Bible, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that ye may know that ye have eternal life. John 5.13. Uh, sorry, 1 John 5.13. Uh, John and 1 John are not the same book, by the way, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Bible. Uh, becoming a Christian does not make us perfect, and none of us can ever be perfect, and that's why Jesus came to save us. We can't even live up to our own standards, and it is therefore impossible for us to live up to God's standards. But because of what Jesus did on the cross, if we believe in Jesus and accept him as our Lord and Savior, we can have an assurance of salvation. The reason Christianity can give an assurance of salvation, that those who believe in it and adhere to it are saved, is not because of anything they do, but rather because of what God has done for them. From the Bible, we learn that God so loved the world that he gave his one son, one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 We also learn from the Bible that we are saved on what Jesus did alone and not by any merit of our own. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2, 8-10 And in that verse, it says that we're not saved by grace, but that when we are saved, we do these good works that God prepared for us to do because we are saved. Uh, so I guess it's kind of a, doing good works isn't what saves you, but it's one of the first that shows that you're saved. Um... So I have a number of friends who identify as agnostic or atheist. A lot of those friends, uh, have, they came from a pseudo-Christian cult, such as Mormonism or Jehovah's Witnesses. And upon learning that practically everything they had been taught to believe in was a lie, they took the next leap and decided that there was no God. 
I completely understand where they're coming from. And when I first learned that Mormonism was not and could not be true and left the organization, I lost my faith for a while and I set out on a one-man crusade in religion. But God found me and saved me from myself. And if you're interested in hearing about that, I talked about that in in great detail in um, some of my earlier podcast episodes. I firmly believe that it is a huge victory for Satan that cults have found such success around the world because their damage is twofold. They get people to believe false and damning doctrine, and then, if people manage to escape the clutches of the cult, they often decide that there is no God and they became bitter and angry with God and everything religious. I'm part of an ex-Mormon group on Facebook. And the majority of the people in the group have completely abandoned God, and most of them identify as atheists. But a sizable number have even taken up witchcraft, paganism, and some have even started to openly worship the devil. Uh, The reason I stay in that group, I am disappointed by some of these people, uh, not disappointed, I'm sad that they don't want anything to do with God. But the reason I stay in the group is because I was at that point for several years and I know that a lot of these people who right now are mad at God or angry with religion that at some point they will come back they will come to God and uh, I don't think that I'm going to be a one-man crusade and saving all these people, but I think that my influence might help to lead a few in the right direction, and so I, I really hope so and pray that that will be the case. But uh, we shouldn't just give up on people and say, well, they made their choices. No, we should always try to get everybody to be reconciled to God. Anyhow, uh, so a lot of people who are without faith they like to use the proper or sorry they like to use the popular catchphrase that they just believe in one less god than i do and they say that because they don't see any difference in the god of christianity and all other gods throughout human history sometimes it's because they are simply uninformed but sometimes it's because they don't want to know even the renowned scientists and atheists uh, such as Richard Dawkins, who is the author of the famed God Delusion, admits that the universe looks as though it were created, and created with a purpose. As a Christian, I know that the reason the universe appears to have been created with a purpose is because it was. If I were to look at the creation, especially the creation of life, as a crime scene, and determine who the suspect in the case is, some suspects can easily be ruled out immediately. And that's why I don't believe all of the other gods out there, because there is no credible evidence for them. There is no disputing the fact that life was created, regardless of how it is believed it happened. And to make the claim that an atheist just believes in one less god than I do appears to make sense on the surface, but upon closer inspection it falls apart. In the crime scene scenario, imagine if a defense attorney would tell the jury 
that they should acquit his or her client on the same grounds upon which the prosecution dismissed all other suspects, and that the prosecution just believed in one more suspect than they did. The reason the prosecution dismissed all other suspects was because there was no evidence to indicate that they had done the crime, and the reason the suspect that is facing trial was chosen was because there was enough evidence to strongly suggest that they had, at a very minimum, a hand uh, had been involved in the case, but that probable that they actually committed the crime. The crime had been committed, and no one can dispute that. And for the defense to suggest that their client be dismissed since all others were dismissed is ridiculous. In a jury trial, the standard is not to know beyond any doubt that a person is guilty. The standard is to be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt. If we were only to convict people when there was no doubt, then no one would ever go to prison. And if we were only to accept something as truth when there is no doubt, then we would never accept anything as true. But the standard is and has to be beyond a reasonable doubt, not beyond any doubt. And for anyone who actually wants an answer and is not just trying to prove what they already believe, which is that there is no God or no higher power, there is an abundance of evidence for God. A lot of so-called freethinkers will not critically examine any evidence they, f uh, they find, and uh, they fall into the trap of listening to respond, if they listen at all, instead of listening to understand. However, there have been some staunch atheists who set out to prove that Christianity was false. And because they critically examined the evidence and accepted where it led, they became Christians. A few of the atheists who set out to destroy Christianity when confronted with the facts became Christian were Peter Hitchens, who's a brother of the late Christopher Hitchens, who is, the, uh, who is a famous atheist that died a few years back, uh, C.S. Lewis, Lee Strobel, and J. Warner Wallace. Now, uh, if you ever get the chance, it would actually be, I think it would be worthwhile to read C.S. Lewis's conversion story and also uh, to read uh, the story of Lee Strobel, which he calls it the case for Christ. And But all those ones I mentioned, they initially were atheists and they were, they were trying to prove that there was no God and then eventually by gathering up all this evidence to prove that, th that Christianity was false, there was so much evidence for it that they had to accept the facts and become Christian themselves. Anyone who says that all religions are the same or that they all have the same probability of being true has not, been, has not truly educated themselves on the facts. And those who educate themselves and follow the facts where they lead become followers of Jesus, or at least most of them they do. Obviously, even the devil knows the truth about Jesus, that he knows that he's God, but he doesn't follow him. But people who are honestly seeking and want the truth, when they find out the truth and realize that it points that Jesus is God, they become followers of Christ. Christianity is truly different from all other religions, and is different in all the ways that really matter. 
thanks for listening and God bless. And if you have any questions or if there's any subjects that you would like me to talk about, don't hesitate to contact me. Uh, you can get a hold of me on my contact page on my uh, website, genecurl.com. And you can also contact me uh, on my Facebook, Recovering Faith Podcast. And you can contact me on Twitter, at Gene Curl. Uh, thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Faith Podcast. Please rate and review this show and share it with your friends and family. You are loved.